I want to see what that dad bot can do out there. I manhandle that little baby. Welcome in. It's football under the ref words. I'm your host, Michael Gillum. I've got Zach Lyons and a Michael Herndon with me today. Both of them. That's right. Zach got himself a fucking intro today. I got it. We're here on up. Instead of being uh, preempted by an advertisement for a CBD company, all three of us are brought to you by BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're getting into preseason, and if you're sitting here thinking to yourself, wow, I haven't gone to Broadway Sports Media, what's wrong with you? Go get yourself a membership. Check us out. We're going to have a hell of a season for you, and we've already had a hell of a lineup this week of Zach, and what is what is that you've been doing on um, Twitter? Spaces? Yelling at Mike. Yeah, well, Twitter Spaces. <laughs> I can't keep up with the names on spaces, chatters, chit chats. There's all these names for all these different things. You can get on there and do that. But yeah, Mike, Mike and Zach have been doing some really, really nice stuff on spaces. So come check us out. Broadway sports media broke down yesterday. I don't know what happened with Twitter spaces. (laughs) Spaces. Spaces is a problem. Occasionally. Also, you can't launch it from desktop. What the hell? Oh, you can. You just have to download a uh, Android emulator like I did. (laughs) <laughs> I literally had to download an Android emulator so I could be able to use my microphone because for whatever reason, Twitter Spaces, when logged in on my phone, wasn't picking up my Galaxy Air AirBuds. So I sound like I was in a tunnel. So, so with- fucking Twitter Spaces is a mess. I'm sick of it, but I really like it because I feel like we get more engagement off Twitter Spaces. Well, let, let me go on a this new generation could just suck off rant. I, I, we had to set up some stuff for Instagram at work. I don't, I don't use Instagram. I don't have it on my phone. I'm assuming I have it on my phone by default and I just ignore it, but I finally had to start using it for work for my real life job. And I sit in front of a computer all day. So I was like, okay, I'll pull up Instagram. We'll get my profile set up and all that kind of stuff. You, you know, you can't set up the majority of an Instagram profile on a desktop computer. Oh, you can you have to do a, it on your phone. It's completely inoperable on a desktop. Almost. It's completely yeah. inoperable on a desktop. You have to use a social media platform dashboard thing. Like uh, for my particular work, we use this thing called Sochi. At least that's one, you know, but it it posts to Google My Business, Instagram, and Facebook all at the same time. But even through that, for whatever reason, Instagram won't allow you to do multiple pictures through Sochi, even though Facebook will. And Facebook and Instagram are the same fucking Like, I just don't get it. Why does everybody make everything so fucking difficult? Just let me do what I want to do on my phone, on my computer, then on my tablet, wherever I'm at, I should be able to have the same utilization across all three devices. I just, I want them, I want children to abide by my generation. Okay. Yeah. When I say roll up the window, I want you to actually have to use a handle, get rid of headrests, manual transmissions and no seatbelts. But, um, so (laughs) just what the hell you can't use Instagram on a desktop. Ugh, it's gross. Um, Let's get back to training camp. Um, Mike, you were kind enough to go out uh, and watch training camp for us again. And I really appreciate that. I know it had nothing to do with your own personal self-gratification. You were doing it for us just so you could talk about this podcast. Um, I got to start with the kicker update because this made me laugh in your article over at Broadway Sports Media the most. Uh, What updates do you have on the kickers? Uh, None. No no update. Move on. (laughs) The kickers were not Next question. I didn't um, even see them. They, they weren't even, uh, I didn't even see them out there. I wasn't looking for them necessarily, but I didn't see them out there. 
But in all seriousness, you do have a list of standout players here. And again, as always, you can read Mike's updates from training camp over at Broadway Sports Media. Um, what standout players do you have listed? So I had uh, the guy that I had at the top of my list was Marcus Johnson. And like, look, I don't know that he necessarily like stole the show yesterday or anything. It's almost kind of a yeah, he's number one on your list. Well, I mean, look, there was not have anybody who was just about dominating. the list, Mike. If you're well, going to make a list look. and number it, have some <laughs> conviction. I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. There was nobody that was just flat out dominant. Like there, there was nobody that was like, oh, my gosh, he, this guy. Um, I, I would mean, say Marcus the only, Johnson listen, was the closest. He's number one, and he's the only player with two paragraphs. So I just want to say, sounds like a superstar I, well, I standout. To, I need to, to expand a little bit on the, my Marcus Johnson thoughts because he's become like one of the bigger stories of camp. You know, Marcus Johnson is a guy that nobody had on their radar. I never, no, I don't think anyone had him even like as one of the top eight receivers um, competing for roster spots on on this team heading into camp, and now. There's like, you know, he's probably their fourth wide receiver at worst. And, you know, Zach and I had an argument yesterday uh, on the restream broadcast about, you know, I think he's pushing, at least pushing uh, Josh Reynolds for number three at this point. Like, we'll see what Reynolds looks like when he gets healthy and and up to speed and all that. But that's not a shot at Reynolds. It's how good Marcus Johnson has been. He He's getting open. He's catching everything. And like I mentioned in this write-up, this is a dude that's 6'1", 207, and ran 4'3", 7 uh, at his pro day at Texas. He also had a broad jump of 136 inches, which would rank in the top 2% of all combine broad jumps for wide receivers in, in the history of the combine. And he also bench-pressed 22 reps at 225, which would, would have been a combine record had he been invited to the combine. So – Look, he is a very physically talented guy. Like the, there is talent oozing out of him. Um, the c- problems with him have always been, and this goes back to his time at Texas, injuries, availability, and consistency. And, and that's been his his big issue. He was set to have a breakout season his last year at Texas. Then he rolled his ankle during like the first quarter of the first game during his senior season. And, you know, fought to come back, had to play through it was, you know, he's talked about it since, you know, taking toward all to kind of manage the pain. But every game he kind of felt like was a setback because, you know, you're out there playing on an injury or on an ankle that's not right. So, you know, he's never put up huge numbers, but what he did get on the field at Indianapolis, he, he looked the part like he looks like a legitimate NFL receiver. And then he's been out here at camp. He's been the probably the most consistent guy day in and day out from the wide receivers that is just looks good, catches the ball cleanly is getting open is getting targets, getting opportunities. Like you couldn't ask anything more of what, of Marcus Johnson than what he's doing right now. Now this all could implode. Like if he gets hurt next week and just, you know, misses two weeks of camp and you know, he could lose his opportunity. Like it, it is, he's not set in stone. Nobody's set in stone. I think outside of, really AJ and Julio, uh, to be honest. I mean, I, these guys just don't have firm spots right now um, is kind of my overall point. But Marcus Johnson's been, you know, arguably the biggest breakout name of camp um, to this point. I just think he deserves a little bit of recognition for that. Well, let's, let's get into that just a little bit. I, I would like to sidetrack. Josh Reynolds obviously created a bit of, 
buzz and then side buzz and then media problems. It kind of went down multiple paths over the last couple of days. Um, to kind of sum it up, if you've been living under a rock and you're, you know, following Titans Twitter, um, Paul Karski tweeted out a video of Josh Reynolds. And God, of course, now I can't find the tweet, but it was basically not this does not look explosive to me or not explosive enough, or it was a bit of a definitive statement that didn't add context admittedly from Paul that, Hey, look, this video is not supposed to be this particular drill I'm watching. Doesn't inspire me. It's everything I've been watching. Plus what I'm showing you right here is an example. Josh Reynolds has not looked explosive at camp. <clears throat> Excuse me. AJ Brown then tweeted out a, a really, um, wild tweet about like, look, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but you know, with all due respect, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Had some explicatives in there and um, re really got after Paul. Uh, of course, AJ since deleted the tweet, no surprise there. I'm sure the team had him do that, but it, it really, it goes back to Josh Reynolds. Is what PK was saying about Josh Reynolds correct? Has he just not looked good at camp? And Mike, do you think that Reynolds could possibly get cut? You know, here's here's where I'm at with this. What Paul said, he should have provided the context of look, the guy's coming back from an injury. Yeah, wait, um, waiting an hour and a half to do the add the context after you got uh, you know, lambasted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, and it, he, admitted it, like, he admitted it. He admitted it. Let's not like even hash it. Yeah, I shouldn't even rehash it. He admitted. I mean, it it, it is it is what it is. It, like that, and that's why people were upset about. It, I think it, he's coming back from an injury, and yeah. But he's right. He, like he hasn't shown anything at camp yet, and that's so, why some of these discussions are coming up. Like, like Reynolds is um, certainly the third most accomplished wide receiver on this team right now, behind Julio and AJ. He is um, coming off of a pretty good season: six hundred eighteen yards, two touchdowns. Like, he's a fine, fine wide receiver three on paper. The thing is that it's not like he's, um, you know. I, let me make this comparison and I know it will trigger some people, but like his numbers <laughs> over the last three years are basically what Tasha Sharp's numbers were uh, during his three seasons with the Titans, this three healthy seasons with the Titans. Uh, they're very comparable, like almost identical. And Tasha Sharp was never like a protected guy. He was never like a guy that you chisel in stone that he's on the roster, right? Like he ended up getting cut. He ended up going to the Vikings and, you know, not even making the 53 man roster. He was on the practice squad most of the year, you know, in and out of the lineup. Never. I think he had like two targets and zero catches uh, as a Minnesota Viking. So I'm not comparing Josh. Reynolds. I think Josh Reynolds is more talented, better player than Tajay Sharp. So hear that when I say it, but I don't think, we are putting we're putting Josh Reynolds into this protected class like he's some like borderline superstar and he he's untouchable as the wide receiver three. That's just not the case. They're paying him one point seven five million dollars. Kevin Johnson was getting half a million more than that from him, and the team the guy fucking retired before training camp even started. So I'm just not I'm not saying that I don't that Reynolds is is going to be buried or cut. I think it's possible. It's within the realm of possibilities they could be cut if he just doesn't get right from this injury. He doesn't show any – like, if, if we go the next three or four weeks and we're still sitting here going, Josh Reynolds just doesn't look right. Josh Reynolds just doesn't look right. He's not showing anything at camp. He doesn't look explosive. He's not making plays. 
which is what we've been saying for the last couple of weeks. You know, if if that continues to go on, are you going to keep him over guys like Chester Rogers, Marcus Johnson, Racing Math, who are making plays at camp and who are showing up uh, and and making you know they they look good. They they've played well. They, like some of these receivers have been you know again they've been some of the breakout guys at camp. So I, I think that's where the you know, it's not anybody saying, I oh, I'm predicting that Josh Reynolds is going to get cut. It's just that it's not something that you can completely rule out right now based on what we've seen, based on what he's getting paid, anything like that. We just need to see something from Josh Reynolds. And it's not his fault if he's hurt, which he is, that he's not been out there. But again, you just need to see something from the guy. And that's kind of where I'm at with the whole thing is that, we, we don't know what Josh Reynolds is as a Titan yet. We, we've seen what he did in L.A., and that was pretty good. But this is a new year, new team, and, and everybody, they harp on this all the time. Everybody is expected to earn their spot on the team. And, and sure, there's a few exceptions like Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. Those guys have the bona fides in the NFL that they can rest on and say, hey, you know what I am, right? Josh Reynolds isn't in that class. Like, he's just not. So – that's where the comments come from. That's where, that's where I think like everyone who's brought this up, like TD, everyone else in the media core, that's, that's where the, that's what we're saying is that Josh Rowan should not be this protected guy. He's, he should be lumped in with the rest of these guys. He needs to show us something. Let me I say think something. he will. Let me say something. The reason that this is a conversation and this excludes TD because TD has even said that he, him and Chris Sanders have talked about this on their podcast a few weeks ago. So this does not include TD. The only reason the rest of the media is talking about it is because PK made the tweet. They saw the interaction and they're clout sluts. I mean, that's that's really what it is. I mean, nobody I mean, really yeah, has this it's, conviction it's, that it's let's being be a honest part here. of the it's it's a part of the conversation it, surrounding this thing here. because Josh, Marcus Johnson continues to break out, Chester Rogers continues to break out. It's become part of the conversation at the listen, wide receiver. Josh group. Reynolds is making the team. Get your head out of your asses. There's no doubt I think, about I it. I think He's he probably is. He it's not probably, he is. It's a definitive statement. Listen. This team is fucking very lucky at this point that they get, were able to put a package together and trade for Julio Jones without getting sniped by someone else because this was your wide receiver too. I think that's why people are too wrapped up in this. They're saying, oh, well, he was just wide receiver too. He never took the field as wide receiver too. He was wide receiver two on paper for like three months. But that matters. I mean, no, that does matter because this team. They paid him They paid him $1.75 million. That's an expendable get, if guy. If this team didn't get Julio, we're having a totally different conversation. And let me say this, everybody's pressing right, the but panic they did. button. But they, but did, they did, but this is going to be wide receiver three. He's proven to be a capable wide receiver three. He's proven to be over his career to fill in as a wide receiver two if uh, uh, their previous one or two goes down. He's proven that. Marcus Johnson hasn't proven shit. Chester Rogers hasn't proven shit. Josh well, Reynolds has proven what, it. And Josh Reynolds has experience. On the, on the field right now. That's where well, they're proving it. That That's not... Let me tell you something. They better show up in game times on regular season. Yeah, they, regular season they because they con- never had before. They have to continue. Well, yeah, they have. Chester Rogers has hey, a Chester Rogers has like two season. or three years ago. Yeah, Chester Rogers has a four hundred yard season under his belt. Marcus Johnson had over two hundred yards both of the last Ooh, two years. Over two hundred yards. Huge numbers. Yeah, not not huge numbers, but it's not like they haven't played at the NFL level before. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen them produce. Well, you're acting like Josh before. Reynolds hasn't produced. 
No, I'm not. I, yeah, I, you are. You're just guessing. We've never seen it. We've I, seen it because it's no, the same system we have as not the Rams. Seen it. We have not seen it in a Titans uniform. It doesn't he matter. Not, it's the same it the uniform almost. It's like just different colors, bud. It's, it, our, it the pads don't weigh differently. It matters what you do in camp. It, it just does. We we talk about this all the time, and now it matters in, in camp. It matters for about, guys like Josh Reynolds. No, it doesn't because Josh when did, Reynolds' when did roster Josh spot Reynolds is safe. When did he become some untouchable wide receiver that, well, they just could never replace Josh Reynolds. Nobody could ever touch Josh Reynolds. Like, he's fine. He's fine. He's a, he's a little bit better than Tajay He is Sharp. the best option for wide receiver three on this team. I think that on paper, yes, that's true. But on the field, think, that hasn't been the, the case field. yet. So yeah. I just want to see what that looks like on the field. I mean, we've seen it for years. I mean, I just I for don't years, know how else on. to put it. Yeah. For the last three he had, years, he had we saw Josh years, Reynolds beat. 600 yards last year. He, he had 400 years. Listen, which you were dismissing Marcus Johnson Chester had 600 Rogers. yards in his whole fucking career. You were, you he were didn't even play last year. You dismissing 400-yard seasons for Chester Rogers, and now you want to throw, like, oh, for years and years, Marcus, or Josh Reynolds has been doing this. He's a 400-yard guy until last year. Chester so. Rogers, 400 yards. Listen, Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson didn't play in a regular season game last year. Chester Rogers for vaunted. This coveted 400-yard season was 2018. Like, some guys are just guys. It's okay for a guy to be just a guy. And Josh I mean, Reynolds is also just a guy. Yeah, Josh Reynolds is a wide receiver and Marcus three Johnson in the NFL. Did play did play regular season games last year. He started three games for the Colts. Well, which which oh. year did he miss? Maybe I was thinking of Chester uh, Rogers. Because Chester, yeah, Rogers, Chester did Rogers did not play. Did not play. Yeah. Oh, but Marcus but at the end of the day, I, I understand what Mike is saying. And what Mike is saying that you're ignoring is that Mike is not saying that he's definitely going to get cut. He's just saying that he hasn't looked great at camp. And, and what if this continues through the preseason? I mean, I think that's that's they're going to do I mean, what we, they always do. They're going to ease in a guy. I mean, but like, you got, but Zach, you, you have a bad history of making definitive statements like they're already written in stone. This isn't one of those situations. I mean. This is why you have preseason. And, and look, I mean, everyone, it's all right. Listen, saying, if we want another Taewon Taylor, Khalif Raymond, Marcus Johnson look, kind of deal, go go for it. Go for it. Just ignore everyone, the fact. Everyone is saying that no. it is likely that Josh Reynolds is going to make the roster, and it is likely even that Josh Reynolds is going to be the wide receiver three. It's just not as cut and dry as some people are making it out to be. It's Last just not. year, when people were going crazy over Khalif Raymond, what did you say, Mike? You said... This guy's never reached over such and such yards and blah, 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 blah. Now that someone's saying it about your boy, Marcus Johnson, number one on your studs list. He's of, a totally uh, different thing. dude, though. He's a totally different dude. Like, he's, he's, got, he's got similar speed to Khalif Raymond, but he's in a 6'1", 207 body. He's a far more complete player. He's a better player than Khalif Raymond is. He has two his last two seasons have been better than any season Khalif Raymond has ever had at the NFL level like Marcus Johnson is better than Khalif Raymond full stop and I yeah it's the guy has about 375 yards since 20 since high school this is this is why I'm saying it's not that big of a gap that's all I'm saying I'm not saying that it's like he's better or that he's already passed Josh Reynolds nobody's saying that it's just not that big of a gap right now. It's a and, lot and, of hypocrisy. I mean, it's just no, it's, it's not it's hilarious. Oh, no, oh, it's yeah, it's, it's sure. me saying that there's uh there's a possibility, there's a wide range of outcomes that is on the table here because we just like Josh Reynolds needs to be healthy. He needs to be out there. He needs to be doing stuff. Like that's that's all I'm saying. 
are y'all um are y'all done can we go get ice cream can we apologize can we apologize to the children that are hiding in the rooms with legos (laughs) right now um let's move on to anthony ferkser um and kevin byard since we just spent 20 minutes arguing with each other about wide receiver three yeah, this is the the Josh Reynolds thing is the argument that's never going to stop. I feel like it, what's no, but what's great about it? Honestly, It'll stop is when just, he's wide receiver three. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He probably will be. <laughs> but we just what's what's hilarious is just we didn't even touch, and we're not going to touch the more the ridiculousness that, that the Josh Reynolds thing spawned off into. Um, so yeah, anyways, you can find that on your own. There is no prouder tradition among the Titans fan base than arguing over a completely mediocre run of the mill wide receivers. I mean, that is, that is, well, uh, there's okay, our, okay, our there's legacy. That, there's that. And then there's watching the time, the fan base lather themselves up just to hysterics, watching media members, what they call fight with each other. When in reality, it's just a quick snipe and a, and a, and a quick gip and that's it. You know, it's, it's silly. You yeah. all are, you all have got to get a hobby. I think the, uh, yeah, I think the, the media, Titans are the hobby. That's what's scary. The, the, <laughs> the media, the media gets along far better than what I think uh, <laughs> most people from the outside look again, think, I mean, yeah, these things happen at camp and, and, you know, there's certainly I mean, listen, some arguments, but well, like the argument that, me, that me and Mike had, it's the same thing that they go through. And then, you know, five minutes later, we're all texting, you know, about Fuckboy Island or the <laughs> F1 series and just chit chatting. It's the same thing. Yeah. But also, in reality, they're going to argue about this in Twitter DMs for the next three hours. Um, stop derailing me, damn it. Anthony Ferkser, go. <laughs> Uh, Ferkser had probably like one of the best plays of the day. Uh, really nice over the shoulder catch over Imani Hooker, um, down the left sideline, I guess it was, uh, on a deep ball from Tannehill. Like, really nice throw, really nice catch, really good coverage, too. So, um, that, that was impressive. Ferkser, I think he had another touchdown catch, uh, later on. He's just very active. I think he's going to be active in the red zone. If you're a fantasy player out there, um, I would not be opposed to scooping up Ferkser as kind of a, uh, you know, middle option tight end because like he's, he's quote unquote, not the starter uh, on the depth chart. So let that scare your league mates, but Ferkser is going to be the one catching the passes uh, of, at the tight end position. And he is, uh, you know, producing in camp again for like the fourth camp in a row. So um, Ferks sort of just continues to show up and, and make plays. Listen, we go live for with the flex on Broadway uh, on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. And I'll say this last year and I'll say it again this year. If you are in a fantasy league with a mandatory tight end, fucking get out. I mean, that is ridiculous. You don't need a mandatory yeah, tight end. They're, they're wide receivers, wide receiver tight end. Pack just it. put it as a flex spot because there's so there's so very few really awesome tight ends that consistently perform. You don't fucking need the position. They're not just get it, get it out here. And let me and, say and, this about the and depth what chart. Uh, are lined up in the slot 71% yeah. of the time last year, which yeah, means something. like he's really a slot receiver who weighs 250 pounds. He that's, may be, your, like he may be technically your wide receiver three. We're arguing over Josh Reynolds <laughs> and Marcus Johnson. It's really probably just going to be Ferkser. Exactly. Listen, and let me say this, Jeff Swaim, when it comes to these depth charts, these are typically your base offense, your base defense, typically what you see when you start up. Jeff Swaim is technically the starter because he's the guy that blocks. I mean, he's going to be on the field on first down. You where, know? Typically on first downs, now listen, Todd Downey may change this, but typically on first downs in the history of the Titans franchise, since they moved to Tennessee at the very least, they run on first downs. <laughs> so, 
you know, Jeff Swain is probably going to be out there to start the thing. Does it matter? No, it does not particularly matter that Jeff Swain, that's not even remotely close to anything on the step chart I'm remotely interested in. And I find it hilarious that Buck, <laughs> I love Buck, but that is the one thing that has stood out to him in this whole thing was that Jeff Swain started and he thinks it's laughable. I'm like, well, technically he is. He's going to be just, the start. It's and not- I wouldn't be that surprised if Swain ended up playing more snaps than Furcher. Just snaps. Now, like like yeah. I said, Furcher's going to catch all the passes. Like right. He's going to probably have like 80% of the tight end catches during Stats the season. That technically but- don't dictate your starter, right? It's the tools right. in the toolbox that dictate the starters that help make the offense go. Yeah, and they're they're gonna line up on in either twelve or twenty one personnel on almost every first and second down anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be Swaim. Uh, it, it's gonna be Swaim in twenty one, um, and then in twelve it'll probably be either Swaim and Ferks or, or maybe even Swaim and Hudson, depending on how like run heavy they want to line up. You know, you heard it here, Jeff Swaim, wide receiver three. Um, is it? <laughs> there it is. Uh, and I, and I've completely lost my notes here and I'm sorry about that. Matt Barkley is one that I've got to get to only because it's X reaction before we started recording. Yeah. Logan um, Woodside hate it's, it's unbelievable. Look, and I mentioned like, it wasn't like a huge standout day, right? Like I felt like there were some plays made and stuff like that, but they were like, a lot of the plays were like one-off plays for guys. It wasn't like guys were just taking over. So I threw Barkley in there cause he looked better than I thought he would. Honestly, um, he looked way better than Deshaun Kaiser. So that, that appears to be a big upgrade already. He was just more decisive. He was pretty accurate. He threw uh, a really, a couple really nice uh, balls on crossing patterns to Mason Kinsey and Nick Westbrook Aquina. Um, so, it, you know, I thought he looked pretty good. It, you know, he also threw a pick six to Brady breeze. So not perfect. It's just, you know, it, he's better than, uh, Kaiser. I don't know that he's better than Woodside, Both Woodside also threw an interception, um, yesterday on a terrible throw that was on a deep post into double coverage. Um, so, you know, it, could they, could this turn into a battle? Sure. I still think Woodside's going to win it. Mike uh, Lebowski. I'm yep. oh, sorry, real quick, Lebowski. Brady Breeze, F boy or nice guy? F boy. Yeah, definitely With F boy. He's like, like the that. Kevin of the F boy DBs. <laughs> and and Brady Breeze is like He's startlingly good looking for a guy with that name and like a, being an NFL player like is uh he's he's like the guy I would least want to leave my wife around among the I mean players. he's he's basically should be transitioning into being a model, right? I mean like you got the name. Yeah. Right? You got Brady Breeze. You can't come up with a better name than that. I mean, you get the Tom Brady connotations, Breeze, you know, you know, wind and shit. And, you know, <laughs> wind there you go. Shit. Yeah, well, you're going to have wind in your hair when you're doing these modeling gigs and stuff. I I just I you know, I feel like it I get it. Everybody wants to be an NFL player, but you know, sometimes you just got to go, go and do stuff in your wheelhouse and got the name, got the looks, apparently, according to Mike, need to make the career jump, career change here. I just met this nice breeze fellow at camp. I'm talking to him. No, you're not. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> you're not, I'm not leaving you over here. <laughs> it's not happening. Um, I left out Kevin Byard. We'll, we'll go there next. Yeah, Byard had a fantastic interception, really nice play on um, – it was a pass. AJ, AJ Brown was kind of scraping across the back line of the end zone. Uh, Byard, it looked like peeled off of some somebody who he, he was covering underneath because uh, he was reading the quarterback's eyes and, and made one of those plays that, like, we expect from Kevin Byard, right? Like, that was the vintage, vintage Kevin Byard 
reading the play, being in the right spot and making an athletic play to make an interception. So it was good to see that from him is a, a really nice interception. And, and I think he's been good in camp. Like he's, he's around the ball all the time. He's had several uh, turnovers. You know, I think he and hooker are going to be a good duo back there for the Titans this year. So let me ask you this. If, if fires on the rebound, he rebounds. What does that point to? Like, to me, that points to, the coaching was the issue last year, the lack of communication, right? I mean, if these players that did not perform well last year auto automatically rebound, are we really saying that Amani Hooker was the Jenga piece, was Bud Dupree the Jenga piece that was missing? Because to me, it points, points all back to coaching. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I do think for Bayard specifically, it's going to point to coaching. And, and the general confusion, I think, within the Titans ranks on defense about, like, who was in charge of the defense and not having like a clear message, a clear voice um, leading that group. And, you know, I, I think Bowen has almost, you know, explicitly said that he thinks that was uh, a big part of the problem um, last season. So I, I think if Bayer does have a bounce back here and, and I kind of think he is a, he's looked good at camp. Um, you know, we know he puts in the work, so I think he's a key piece for them, but it seems like, and this has been a constant drumbeat throughout camp, not just from, you know, myself being out there, but also from the, the other guys in the media, the defense looks better. It does. Now I've got to couch it by saying that, look, you're also going against uh, a wide receiver crew that mostly hasn't, you know, almost exclusively has not had Julio Jones in it. Um, mostly has not had Josh Reynolds in it, has sometimes not had A.J. Brown in it. So you would expect the defense to look pretty good when they're lining up against, you know, the, you know, yes, I have praised Marcus Johnson a lot. Yes, I have praised Chester Rogers a lot. But those are guys that you would that you like as wide receiver fours. You don't like them as wide receiver ones uh, necessarily, and that's what they've been. You know, Nick Westbrook-Akina has gotten a lot of reps, uh, you know, with Tannehill in, the, in that high-end group. So I think it's – um we've got to couch the defense discussion with the fact that they, the offense has not had their full complement of weapons. They, there's been zero Derrick Henry, right. Too like, so uh, it's, it's been a good showing from the defense though. They do look coordinated. They do look like they're playing more on a string together. Like it, it, it does look better. So we'll see how that kind of translates in preseason and obviously the big test in the regular season, but uh, initial, um, reactions are that maybe the coaching changes have have been for the good on the defensive side of the ball well speaking of a test for not only the offense but the entire team the titans have their first preseason game coming up friday august 13th it is at six o'clock when you try to go and watch or look up what network this is on google just has a ball listed because it's always covered by local local news but um it'll be uh, you'll check your local listings you'll find it um Mike, what starters do you anticipate are not going to play in the, in this um, in this first game? Uh, my guess is that we – I'm pretty certain that we're not going to see Julio. Um, I don't think we're going to see uh, Derrick Henry. I'd be surprised if we saw Taylor Lewan. I'd be a little bit surprised if we saw Ben Jones, um, Roger Saffold. It, I think it's going to be a pretty small crew – like, the, the, the really high-level guys on offense that I think you probably could see would be like Ferkser. Um, I think you might see A.J. Brown maybe um, for like a series and maybe get him one catch and then get him out of there. Um, 
maybe Nate Davis, but Nate Davis has been dealing with something the last few days at camp. So if he's not a hundred percent, I don't think he'll be out there. So I think you're going to have a pretty bare, bare bones group on offense on defense. You're not going to see Bud Dupree. I'm pretty comfortable saying that Uh, you're not going to see. I I don't think you're going to see Caleb Farley. Honestly, I think they're going to ease him back continue to ease him back and not want him, you know, in full contact uh, this soon. So I'd, I'd expect maybe he makes his debut against Tampa. Uh, I feel like is more likely. Um, I don't know if you'll see Jeffrey Simmons, um, you know, guys like that, Kevin Byard. I, I, I'm not sure if you'll see those guys. They've been out there pretty consistently at camp. So there's a better chance for them. Uh, I think you'll see more guys on defense than you will on offense, but uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting group in Tannehill. Maybe a series, maybe two. And listen, tops, if your offensive line is not out uh, there yeah. at full strength, you're not putting Ryan Tannehill out there. That's, that's how I, I feel, mean, or at least yeah. I wouldn't. I'm not putting him out there for and, Dan- to catch Daniel Munyer low balls and fucking break his ankle or something. Right, and and you also don't. Want, I mean, like if if Julio's not going to be out there, if Reynolds is not going to be out there, and if AJ might not be out there, what are you really gaining out of Tannehill taking some snaps? I mean, unless he's just telling you, like, I really need you know, to be able to get out there and, and feel it, you know, for a, a game or two, you know, maybe, maybe you throw him out there, but I, you know, unless he's just begging to be on the field, I don't see why you would take even the smallest risk with him in this first preseason game. Maybe, maybe you get him out there week three um, to get him a little tune up before the season starts, but I, I don't know. Zach, knowing that we're not going to see, a lot of the starters and much of it. What are you looking forward to seeing out of this game? Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I think even without the starters, there's so many players that I'm interested in seeing. I mean, I'm interested in seeing Darrington Evans get the ball. What can he do with the ball in his hands? Um, where is he at in his pass blocking? I, you know, I did a thread last year after he got drafted that, um, that showed that he's a great pass blocker and he can line up in the slot. So I'm interested to see how they move him around and how they use him. Uh, I am interested in seeing these lower end wide receivers, you know, Marcus Johnson, Chester Rogers, because they're going to get a lot of playing time. And then you got guys like that pretty much have disappeared. Des Fitzpatrick, um, Cam Batson, even though I guess Batson uh, missed practice yesterday. Nick Westbrook, Akina, apparently is how you pronounce it, Akina. And, uh, Guys like that, I'm interested in seeing Mason Kinsey and Racy McMath who've made a name for themselves in the kind of in these training camp things, uh, battles and stuff, and have you know captured some some wow moments from you know respected guys like Teron Davenport and and Mike. So I'm interested in seeing what they do. Right, I would also say that if you look at the defensive side of the ball, that's really where is the majority of the players I want to see because. I think what you see from Chris Jackson and Christian Fulton will dictate when you see Caleb Farley, right? Because, you know, Chris Jackson has had a great camp and it's not, you know, he's a nickel guy, right? I mean, that's where he's at. And, you know, I think that you're going to see a lot of Chris Jackson, a lot of Christian Fulton, this first preseason game, at least maybe not a lot of Christian Fulton, but at least enough, because you got to remember Christian Fulton, only played 18% of defensive snaps last year. And he was their, their second round pick. And Chris Jackson played more than him. And that was only 21% and of snaps. And really with the way the off season went last year with no preseason, 
these guys need all the snaps they get. All the second-year guys are on my radar. You know, Tier Tart, Larell Murchison, those two guys are are really big. I'm interested in seeing what Monty Rice can do because he has pretty much not done anything. And granted, he's an inside linebacker, and it's really hard to tell what a what they do in training camp setting. So I'm interested to see what he does. But there is a lot of storylines and players that this te- these fans need to be watching closely because let, let me say this. Lorel Murchison and Tierra Tart have had a great camp, right? They've made and even guys uh Kyle, is it Kyle Pecco or Yeah. Yeah, yeah Kyle, Kyle Pecco. You know, guys like the defensive line has dominated camp, right? That has been the story of this uh training. That's been one of the main consistent stories of this training camp. Defensive line is dominated. Now they're dominating against guys like Daniel Munyer and stuff like that, but they're gonna see. Atlanta's versions of Daniel Munyer and you know what and uh is it Aaron Coon is that his name Adam Adam Coon, Adam yeah. Coon I mean I'm not even bother to learn some of these names Adam Coon and all this stuff but you got to see those guys now dominate against another team right and another team of people that are either their caliber or just below but you got to see the defensive line dominate still because if they don't, if they get into this preseason game and they don't dominate, if Chris Jackson doesn't look good, if uh, Christian Fulton is letting people go by him, you know, those storylines matter because they've, they, then you see that what's happening in training camp is not translating into a game script. And that matters. So if like Marcus, no, no offense to Marcus Johnson and, and all this stuff, but if Marcus Johnson, Chester Rogers don't look great in a preseason game. That's a little bit cause of not an alarm, but that's a little bit cause of, you know, something to take note for because in-game stuff does matter. The game script matters when you're not going up against the same defense that you see in training camp. You're going up against totally different defense. So I know it's preseason. I know it seems odd that it sounds like I'm very excited for preseason because I am, uh, but there's a lot to it. But I don't even want to see any starters. I want to see the back end of this roster because depth matters. Depth got us, lack of depth got us in trouble last year. We need depth. We need to see the depth from the Tennessee Titans, specifically at outside linebacker position, too. I mean, we didn't even get into that, but, you know, Rashad Weaver, who's the out, who's edge rusher three? Because nobody's separating themselves from the pack. Mike, I mean, basically, same question to you is uh, what, what are you looking forward to? And, and I'll say that I'll, I'll let me echo Zach real quick before you answer that question. I'm typically the guy who, who tunes out of preseason pretty quickly, uh, mainly because the, the two other gentlemen on the mic in front of me are a hell of a lot more uh, adapt to, to analyzing the, the players than I am. But I'm legitimately excited to watch the majority, if not all of this game, because I want to see some damn depth. Yeah, and, and I think, like Zach said, the year one and year two guys are the guys that you really want to keep an eye on because, you know, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but the the year uh, two guys, they basically didn't get any of this last year, right? Like, they got no uh, rookie minicamp. They got no TAs. They got a shortened training camp. They got no preseason. 
Um, both Evans and Fulton ended up being hurt, uh, for part of training camp. So it, the amount of like actual reps that, you know, any of those guys have gotten is super low compared to like where most guys would be heading into year two. So I, I think them getting this opportunity is huge for their development and, and look Fulton's a guy that they're going to need to play a big role this year. He's going to be on the field for them. Um, he's going to be one of the top three corners, regardless of how anything else sorts out. Like that's just, it, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, and they, he's a key part for them. They need him to play well. And I think he's going to get some opportunity to play in this game because he needs the reps. Uh, he just does. Um, and, and then, you know, like you said, guys like merch guys like tart, um, Chris Jackson, uh, you know, Darrington Evans, it, those guys all are, are key pieces of the depth and, and then the rookies you know i'm very interested to see what racy mcmath can do um in a game setting because we've seen him flash a little bit in practice i want to see that carry over to a game i want to see um you know what does dylan raiden's look like going up against uh you know competition from you know in in a full you know game type setting because He's probably, you know, at this point, I've, I've pretty much resigned, you know, myself to the fact that he's probably not going to be the, the week one starter for them at right tackle, but they probably are going to end up needing him at some point this year. Like they're going to, they're going to need him to be on the field, whether that means, you know, they need him to overtake, you know, Kendall Lamb or Tyson Brylo or whoever ends up being the, the right tackle, um, to, to really reach their full potential or, you know, they need him to play guard or, or left tackle because of an injury or whatever, you know, it, they're probably going to need him on the field is, is the deal. So I want to see where he's at in his development. Um, and then, you know, guys like Rashad Weaver, Monty Rice, getting a seat, like people ask me about those guys and it's just so hard in training camp setting to judge guys that are kind of playing on, you know, the, are playing as pass rushers are playing as, as run fitters. It's a lot easier to, cause it's just, it becomes a jumbled mess and our viewpoints as you know, when we're out there as media watching at camp, not always great. Like you're either looking at it from the sideline, like you're looking right down the line of scrimmage and you can see like the edge defender closest to you, but you really can't even watch the edge defender on the opposite side, even if you wanted to, or you're watching from the end zones and you're super far away uh from the action and it's you know kind of hard to see depth wise you know is this guy getting penetration into the backfield where is he making the tackle so you're kind of it's a trade-off like where you want to watch camp from you try to find kind of the best angle that you can but the point is some of these front seven guys are really hard to watch uh you know and and get any real takeaways from so being able to see even the crappy TV angle, because we won't get all 22 for preseason, which still sucks. And, you know, who knows when all 22 will be available, even the regular season at this rate. Thanks a lot, NFL. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be much better way to watch Rashad Weaver, to watch Monty Rice, and see what they're doing, see how they look. You know, the, those guys, again, important depth. So if you have interest in, like, and let me let me make one last point here before we move off this, the topic. Amani Hooker is like the perfect test case for what the Titans need to be doing from a drafting and developing standpoint. They drafted him before they needed him. He was able to come in for a couple years and sit behind Kenny Vaccaro and play in a limited rotational role and contribute and get comfortable 
in the defense. And now he's ready to step into a starting job and he looks really good. He's, he's a young guy. He's only 23 years old, but he is at least seasoned to some degree. And you don't feel like you're throwing him in and not knowing what you're going to get. You feel pretty comfortable with Monty hooker. It would be great for the Titans to get that out of Monty rice. Like if, if Rashawn Evans and, or Jayon Brown move on after the season, which their contracts expire after this year, Rashad Weaver, you know, it would be great if Harold Landry, you know, decides to move on or they can't afford to bring him back. If Rashad Weaver could step up and become a full-time starter in year two, it would be great if Brady breeze was kind of the next guy, it, you know, into that third, third safety role after Dane Crookshank and, and Matthias Farley move on it. You know, these are the guys that you need to be the next wave of, of Titan starters, but, it's great when you can develop them as backups and not have to throw them in as rookies because rookies suck in general. Like there's always standout rookies and, and that'll be the case. But like when the reports were coming out last week about the chiefs, possibly starting three rookie offensive linemen, uh, you know, in addition to obviously Thune and Orlando Brown, I was like, God, that would scare the crap out of me if I was a chiefs fan, because look, Rookies suck in general. It's It would be so extremely rare for them to have three rookie offensive linemen that all are great right out of the shoot. Like, it just does not happen. And uh, that's especially true at offensive line, but it's true at really all positions for the most part. These guys suck when they get into the league. They just don't know what they don't know. Um, they're just kind of out there running around. And some guys are more developed than others, but the vast majority are bad. Uh, and so the best teams usually don't play a lot of rookies. So you want to see them develop and get to get important reps in a game setting in preseason. So they can kind of lay the groundwork for being able to contribute later in the year if they're called upon. So, yeah, I think preseason games are going to be very interesting to watch for that reason. They got a lot of guys in that year one and year two range that are important to this team, both this year and beyond. Titans Friday in Atlanta. Better find your local listing and watch that because we'll be watching it. Jim, Jim's got us out of Britches report. So, you know, the regular season is upon you when you're starting to get a Britches report. Really happy to see that. Um, before we move on to the taunt rule, a uh, little, little breaking news to drop for you. Chris Mortensen dropped on Twitter. The Colts have signed GM Chris Ballard and head coach Frank Reich each to contract extensions through the 2026 season per sources. Uh, the Colts owner, Jim Ursay, clearly in a happy place with his leaders. Ballard was hired as GM in 2017. Reich was hired as head coach in 2018. Any surprise here? No, keep them mediocre. That's why I say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a surprise to me. Like, obviously, they're they're pretty happy um, with those guys. I think, I think they're a touch overrated, um, but they're not – bad by any means so i think that's you know it, honestly like being not bad is is pretty good <laughs> NFL by uh nfl standards prevents them from getting a generational qb talent for like the third time in you know thirty thousand years or 30 years yeah i'm sure we'll have to hear colts fans whine about uh oh, oh god we didn't I saw have re- another generation listen, of i saw talent a reply that lap. says uh ballard deserves this he look at the team he took over in 2017 Oh like, oh, you yeah. can't see it because this is radio, but I just rolled my eyes so far that may have strained him. Yeah. Zach is on the injury report. Yeah. 
keep rolling those eyes. Damn it. The NFL says they are going to crack down on players who taunt others during the game. Um, reading off the USA Today article, the league said in a video that players who receive two taunting penalties will be ejected from the game. And the player will also be subjected to fines and suspensions when deemed necessary. Um, it goes on to describe the taunting uh, rule as a 15-yard penalty. The league officials are also going to be looking more closely at illegal use of helmet, which is a 15-yard infraction and automatic first down. We're going to discuss the taunting rule, right? But I got to throw this out there. That's the paragraph that has me more worried than the taunting stuff. We already have enough tackles that the NFL deems as use of the helmet that gifts this 15-yard boon. I, that's the one that bothers me, honestly, more than the taunting rule. Yeah, I just, you know, I get it because you're 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 doing this rule with player safety in mind, but this is such a fast-paced sport. It's really if that if that call's not reviewable, it's really hard to enforce that correctly and consistently correct. I guess I should say that it's really hard to enforce it on a consistent basis correctly. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm a little worried about how this game is going to be played, you know, with that rule in place, but this taunting rule, I mean, this has John Harbaugh written all over it, right? I mean, that guy is the softest motherfucker coach because it's all coaches. (laughs) So, you know, that he, he rallied coaches support, for this because he's so sensitive. We saw it last year. He's a sensitive little bitch. He is a delicate little flower. Cannot, uh, cannot break down your team at midfield on their precious logo. That, that yeah. is a uh, rat street bird. Definitely a rat street bird, which by the way, the first Baltimore Ravens logo, they straight up stole from someone used it for a couple of seasons and then had to quietly reimburse the guy to keep him quiet. Uh, yeah, they're rat birds, but I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I don't like this shift backward. I'll get away from the helmet thing for a second. The taunting thing, unless it's egregious, like a dude dropping trowel and shaking his jazz. I don't know <laughs> that we need, like, if you're standing well, over Luckily, Deshaun Watson's not playing this year, so we're not in danger of that. That's a good point. But I just don't, I mean, you're talking about guys who are at the peak of their athletic ability making a good catch, whatever, let them do their thing. If it gets out of hand and players are coming together and benches are emptying, yeah, start throwing flags, start warning both benches, start telling the team, look, no more. No more taunting or we're going to throw you out of the game. But if a guy's just getting up and throwing a peace sign in Tyree Kill's face, I'm here for that. That's what makes the league entertaining. This is an entertainment product. Look how sensitive Tyree Kill got that about that picture too. Like, yeah. Who thought like that? that a, yeah. Who thought that a dude that beats women would be so sensitive? Yeah. It's it's really yeah. I, I'm so tired of like this, you know, pearl clutching every time someone like a grown man taunts another grown man as they're playing a game. Like, get over it. Like, it is not that big a deal. Like Lebowski said, if if they become like bench clearing brawls over this stuff. Yeah, punish the shit out of them. That that doesn't need to happen. But like taunting, come on, man. Like go to the local YMCA and play a pickup basketball game with other adults and see if you don't see some taunting out there. Cause there definitely is. Uh, you know, it's an adult, like you're grown up, handle it. Like, so what? A guy threw a peace sign up in your face. Oh dear, oh no, I gotta hit him now. Like, 
grow up like NFL like, is not this big of a deal. And fans love it. It generates like a little extra spice in the rivalry. Like, don't you want your teams, your team's fans hating each other? That's what makes sports really fun when you like, because there's nothing better as a Titans fan, right? Than beating the Ravens and getting to talk trash on all their fans. Like that is like the, that feels so much better than beating, you know, the, the lions. And it's like, Oh, well we beat the lions. Cool. You know, like nobody cares. Um, of course you care. Cause like it, your team won, but it's not, it doesn't feel the same as the, the, when you really hate the other team and you beat them, that's that's what the NFL should be striving to create as much as possible, and taunting helps that. So I don't know. Why uh, I wonder out of Deion Sanders, T- Terrell Owens, and then uh, Steve Smith Senior, who would have gotten the most pe- taunting penalties called against them? Because those three, I, I think, uh, are the people I think of when it comes to taunting, comes to celebrations, and all that kind of stuff. But taunting specifically, especially Steve Smith. I mean, just. That's what he does. But I just imagine that those guys would have gotten so many taunting penalties called on. Yeah. And, and let me say that I am uh, just so tickled by the fact that uh, Paris Campbell, the highlight of Paris Campbell's NFL career to this point is now him being featured on the, uh, the NFL's taunting rule video, uh, getting up and flexing on miles Jack after miles Jack, buried him on the sidelines after like an eight yard game. <laughs> so like that is peak Paris Campbell right there. Your Colts, uh, your Colts breakout superstar of camp for like the, the fourth the Rash- year. He's the Rashawn Evans of wide receivers. That's right. Yeah. It's so, this is the year. Damn it. I got to drop one last little nugget before we wrap this up and I'm going to retweet this for everyone to see right now. The Nebraska Cornhuskers oh, have, unveiled, oh, my God. have unveiled an alternate uniform for their game against Oklahoma on September 18th called Little Red. And I think I can do it justice with the description. It's basically a set of red overalls where it looks like the gentleman is wearing a white undershirt, red overalls. This is obscene. I, I can't even begin to just tell you how disturbing disturbed this uniform makes me this looks like someone is working at a hamburger stand <laughs> i mean is this for real is this account i mean is this do we know for sure this is happening this is not a fake account or something I, listen i'm 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 in that mode where i want it to be true therefore it kind of needs to be true i was so let down by the olympic anti-sex beds and the jokes of pizza boxes and all that, that I had really ripped into and had ready for that, that this needs to be true. It's probably going to come out that it's not true, but I'm running I, with I it don't, I don't think it is because Damn it. let me say this. If you scroll down college football homes, um, uh, Twitter feed, there's one for Wisconsin. And it says here that the design is by Ted Hyman of two, four, seven sports. And it says Wisconsin should unveil alternate uniforms. This design is the same, almost same exact design as far as the layout and what's going on in the back and, you know, the fading and all that stuff as the Nebraska one. So I'm not sure if this is 100% true, but if it, I want it to be, let I me say that fake, I dude. want it to be, but I'm a little concerned that's fake. 
I think it's fake. I think I just got had. And I was really I'm, excited. I thought. Well, I, you're I thought not the had, only one. A lot of people have getting. Oh, we had a gem that. here at the. Uh, you're getting my retweet is being undone as we speak. It's no longer liked. It's no longer retweeted. So what you get for? There's no way because I'm looking. I'm scrolling even further down. There's a Texas A&M one that has them in overalls. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sharing this. I'm sharing this in the group chat. This is horrific. I'll retweet Damn it for everybody. I'm, I'm very upset. I thought we had something really fun to end on, and uh, the internet. People just get on here and tell lies. I can't you believe it. Nebraska should make it happen easy anyways, just to make our dreams come true so we can all laugh at them. They like, would lose the recruits, team, Nebraska. right? Wouldn't people just flood the transfer portal? It, listen, it, it would be the, in fact, this might be the most anyone's talked about Nebraska football in 10 years. So, you know, go for it. Get yourself some attention, Nebraska. Brutal. Mike, I don't know that I brought this up with you, but I got to ask you this while it's on my mind. And maybe I'm going on a limb here, but how ugly are those Texas and Oklahoma away games going to be this season? Oh, oh yeah, they're going to be bad. Um, like you know, Lubbock is already a sketchy place in general. Um, those those Texas Tech fans, like they've been known to throw batteries and shit like that at Texas players for years Midwest when they didn't Philly. really have any reason to, besides the fact that we beat them. Um, but now. Oh my God. Yeah. It's probably, I think Lubbock and Stillwater are probably the two uh, stadiums that I am, uh, I would be most nervous about. Now, I think Texas is actually, let me pull up their schedule real quick. I'm going to uh, look at where they're playing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, those two fan bases are going to be rough. And then um, let's see, what else? Who else is tough? They're uh, playing. You know, they're playing Kansas away, which I mean, I know it's Kansas, uh, but st- or, I'm sorry, Kansas State. They so they're they're at home for both Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, which really is a saving grace. Those are the two that I would have been worried about. Um, at Iowa State, maybe um, West Virginia hasn't been in the Big Twelve long enough to like really be upset about it. I don't think. I think they probably want to leave anyway, so it's not that big a deal. Um, yeah, I think you know they may be okay this year actually with the schedule that they've got. Uh, they'll definitely get some crap at Baylor and at I- Iowa State. Um, West Virginia is going to hide on the bus. Yeah, what's with you? Please get us out of here. Please put us in your suitcase. I just think it's good. I mean, like, I'm, this is the most excited I've been about trying to catch an Oklahoma or a Texas away game ever, or really, honestly, any of their games ever. I- I'm excited to see this. I really want to see one of their away games because I think it's just going to be nonstop booing, and I'm ready for it. Listen, it, 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 all of this, though, any game that they play this year will pale in comparison to the first Texas-Texas A&M matchup in the SEC. That is going to be, like, the most must-see of must-see TV games because those two fan bases loathe each other. And with all the stuff that happened with A&M, basically going, no, you can't come over here. We're going to make this – we're going to blow this up. Okay, you can come. Like, it, it was uh, – that was the saddest attempt to block uh, anything from happening that I've ever seen. Like, this was uh, – Sean. what was it? Uh, the big French guy that Vince Carter jumped over and dunked on in the Olympics back, like, you know, 16 years ago or whatever. That was – the Texas A&M's attempt to block Texas from joining the SEC was the big French guy. Like that is that. And if, in fact, I may turn that into a uh, in, into like a meme or something and put it put it out because please do that. That's what they were. They they were like, we don't want Texas in the conference. 
okay, four days later, we'll vote for them to come in. Like, what a bunch of bitches. You're not coming in, are you? You're coming in. I'm not sorry. Um, Thank you for dealing with us today. You've gotten us for (laughs) over an hour today, so I hope you're happy. We are Football Another F Word, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. Come check us out. Grab yourself a premium membership. We're well into preseason, or we will be by the time you hear this. We're going to get into it Friday. So come check us out, Broadway Sports Media. And again, we are Football Another F Words. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends and relatives that you listen to us, and be nice to us in the comments. Or don't, we might read it on air. As always, you've just been effed. a Broadway sports media production.